Namaskar and welcome to another episode of Ananda Marga DharmaCast. This is a podcast series looking at various topics in spirituality from the perspective of the teachings of Sri Sri Anandamurti. And I'm your host today. My name is Dara Veda Pragyananda, but many people call me Dara. And whichever one you use, it's fine with me. So today, the topic that we're going to consider is called the criteria of a guru. And this is based on a discourse given by Sri Sri Anandamurti, and it can be found in his book, Discourses on Tantra. So I'm going to read the first paragraph, and then we'll jump into it. So he says, Perhaps you know that the word guru is a very old Vedic word. It means one who dispels darkness. Now, this expression, one who dispels darkness, is often used without deeper understanding. This darkness actually belongs not only to the psychic stratum or the spiritual stratum, but to all strata of human existence. That is, darkness prevails in all the three strata, in the crude physical sphere, in the psychic sphere, and in the spiritual sphere. So a guru will necessarily have to be able to remove darkness from all three strata. If he teaches the alphabet with some academic matter to students, he'll be called a teacher, teacher in the academic sense. And that will not do. If again he removes darkness from the psychic world, he imparts intellectual knowledge to his followers, that will not be enough either. And finally, if the guru dispels darkness only from the spiritual realm of his disciples, that will not do either. The fact is that a guru, if one is to be accepted as a real guru, shall have to remove darkness from all the strata of the physical world, all the strata of the psychic world, and all the strata of the spiritual world. So, this is a tall order. It's not so easy. You know, that these days, that because um, we don't know who's a guru or not, um, and if someone comes with a long beard like mine, or even longer or shorter, it doesn't matter, and they say, I'm a guru, they open up a, a YouTube account, a Facebook page, and get many followers. That doesn't make them a guru. They have to be able to help people spiritually and psychically and even physically. And we'll look into that. So he, he, he continues, and um, he mentions that in the spiritual world, those who can illumine humanity with spiritual effulgence, as he says, he says, he says only the Mahakala has a requisite qualifications. So a Mahakala is one who has the capacity to help others and to is reaches that, who's at a higher stance, you know, that can be and can help others. Who can, Shiva put it in another way, he said, who can raise his own kundalini and can raise the kundalini of anybody. So that that is um, the guru in, in the spiritual sphere. And to be a guru in the spiritual sphere, they must have knowledge regarding meditation, of a spiritual practice, which is 
known as sadhana, and not only knowledge of, of the, the scriptures, um, which is important too, they have to know many languages for this, but that is not enough. They have to be able to, to teach meditation. To, they know all the, the, um, the, the mantras and the science of mantra and all that, but they also have to be able to teach it to others, impart it to others. So this is the real guru. Um, one who has fairly good, I'm quoting again, knowledge of sadhana can help others in that realm, but is completely devoid of, if he's completely devoid of intellect or knowledge of languages or scriptures, cannot be a perfectly competent guru in the spiritual sphere. For being a guru, he will have to explain the theoretical side also. So that's why it's not enough. Um, just um, I teach you a mantra and they'll go. But they also have to be able to explain that theoretical side and and a deep knowledge is required for that. It's not a it's not a you know, easy thing to to think about. And he mentions another thing um, about the guru is that the guru has to be able to love and to and to govern a disciple. And so here we can think of a parent. You know, if you're a parent and you have a child, you have to give love, no doubt. That's unconditional. But you also have to be firm. And when, when that child is not doing properly, you have to uh, correct that, that. So a real guru will do that kind of correction. So that's why there are different levels of guru. Shiva mentions that in his, his uh, discourses on this subject. Shiva mentioned that there's some there are categories, there's some category which will give you something and then they don't follow up at all. Another will follow up a little bit and another one will not only follow up, but make sure that, that you um, do it. Make sure that you take the medicine. Suppose someone gives you medicine and, um, well, you may do it or you may, you may take it, you may not. But suppose um, someone is here to say, no, you must take it. And... and, and it's like that, that kind of a teacher, that's the, that's the highest one. So there are um, many kinds of, of gurus. Another thing which is very important, so people are always looking for the best one. I want to find the best guru and the best one. But Shiva also mentioned that there are categories of disciples. There are some that retain only a little bit of knowledge and, and then leave it, and some a little bit more, and some really, um, they're really sincere, and they retain all the knowledge. So you have to become, you should find your be the best guru, and the best guru really, the real guru is, is not actually a physical structure. The real guru is Brahma, the Supreme Consciousness, who comes in the form of, but that's it's actually the real teacher. They may take the form of a physical teacher, but Brahma is the guru. So you should get in touch with that Brahma through a proper teacher. Now, a lot of people say, oh, I don't need a teacher. I can, I can find it myself. This is especially in the West, you know, we're rugged individualism here. I'll do it by myself. Um, but, you know, you've learned many difficult subjects and you had people to help you. Unless you're a prodigy, you you learn your music from a music teacher, and you learn your chemistry from a chemistry teacher. You learn your physics from a physics teacher. You learn your languages from a language teacher. You learn so many things. So, and this is the most difficult discipline of them all. So you may think, oh, I can, 
I can do, um, I can get a degree in nuclear physics. That's difficult. But this is more difficult than nuclear physics and than astrophysics or, or anything else. The, the spiritual science is, is, a, is the most difficult one. Why is it the most difficult one? I'll tell you, we do it like this. We do experientially, you know, look around and look around you now in a society and you will find many PhDs and not, you know, they don't come, they don't drop off the trees, but you'll, you'll find, you know, look through the books and look through the newspapers, you will find evidence of, of scholars, of teachers, of scientists. But how many spiritual people are roaming this world and how many realized souls are there? And this is few and far between. So it's, it's, it's a more rare um, science. So anyway, um, it's not easy to, you know, to be the best guru and to be the best disciple also requires uh, qualities that we have to be patient and we have to um, be sincere and we have to follow what is taught to us and we have to retain what is taught to us. And when you have the proper combination of the best guru and the best disciple, those two come together, then success is inevitable. So this is the, um, the thing about gurus. And a final thing I want to say about, he mentions here that um, the guru has to work on all the levels of human existence. Um, that, and so the levels we, which are defined by Anandamurti are always in all of his talk, talks. Spiritual, so you know that, you're meditating to find God. And there is a psychic sphere. You, you want to know so much knowledge about what's happening in this world. But we also have a physical sphere. We have to figure out how to solve the problems that are here on this earth. And sometimes those problems come first even. Um, one wise person once said, he said, to a hungry man, a piece of bread is God. So unless you, we can provide that piece of bread, you can't even teach the spiritual science. So a real guru uh, in, in that sphere will also suggest ways how humanity can overcome the problems that it faces today. So I think that's all I want to say now. Um, I'll, I'll just finish with the last paragraph of this discourse, which was given in 1981 in, in India. He said, so in order to be a guru, one must come onto this earth with the highest qualifications in a spiritual field, with the greatest capacity to face the mountainous obstacles in the physical world. So to shoulder the responsibility of a guru is not child's play. That's, a, that's an understatement if I would ever say that. It's not child's play. So, so it doesn't mean that anybody can declare that, hang out the shingle and say they're the guru. So find the proper guru and then you be the proper disciple to absorb, and not only absorb it for the moment that the guru or, or your teacher, that your immediate teacher is with you, but even when your immediate teacher is not with you, you still retain that knowledge. So that is, is really, this is the core of, of Tantra Yoga, of, of the real yoga, which is the base of all the spiritual practices, this guru and disciple relationship. So find the guru and you should also le learn 
and cultivate the practice of becoming the best disciple that they could be. So that is what I want to say today. And thank you for, for dropping by and listening. So if you're listening on, on any podcast platform, please subscribe. And you can find us on all the major podcast platforms. Just look for dharmacast.com. Or if you're watching on YouTube, give us a like and leave a comment. Also, if you have questions, that's a good place for questions. Anybody else, if you have questions, you can just Google Dharma Veda and you'll find me and you, you'll find some contact information for me and you just contact me and I'm happy to answer any question and take up any topics that you want me to discuss in the future episodes of DharmaCast and we will have more in the future. So, But if you haven't seen them all or heard them all, you can go through the back episodes, especially on the, on the audio platforms because we've been doing this for over seven or eight years and there are many topics that we have covered. But we will cover more in the future, and I'm going to do my best in the new year to be more regular. So Anandamurti used to say, don't say, I'm going to try, I'll try to do it. No, say, I'm going to do, I'll do my best. So I want to do my best to serve you, and I hope you will do your best to follow nicely on the spiritual path. So without much more to say, I just want to say Namaskar, which means I salute the divinity within you with my mind and all the love and cordiality of my heart. So I hope to be back in touch with you again very soon. Take care.